Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Stay Grounded Podcast, a podcast and community helping amplify BIPOC voices through real conversations about real things. Super excited to have our next guest on. Her name is Maria Alejandra Gutierrez. She is a first-generation Latina, daughter of immigrants, and the founder of Primrose Studio. Primrose Studio is a Latina-owned business that combines mental health and interior design to provide a home wellness interior design service. They design healing home environments that support clients' mental health and wellness and improves their quality of life. In this episode, we will be discussing why it's important to create a space we love, the benefits it has to your well-being, and three ways you can begin to optimize your own spaces today. Before we get started, I would love to remind you guys that if you love our podcast, the way that you can help us is one, follow us on the Stay Grounded podcast on Instagram. Two, you can leave us a review. This really, really helps us amplify our voices and get the word out there that we exist. And three, share with your friends, share with your colleagues. Let them know that we are helping amplify these voices. And with their support, we can grow this community. And now I'm super excited to introduce to you Maria Alejandra Gutierrez. Hi, Maria Alejandra. Welcome to the Stay Grounded podcast. I am super excited to have you. We are going to be discussing spaces and what that has to do with wellness. Let us know how you're feeling. How is everything? Feeling really excited and honored to be here. So thank you so much for giving me this opportunity and for reaching out and actually being, you know, excited and also very interested in this topic and also about my business. I think that it's a great discussion to have and I'm super excited to bring more awareness about this. Yeah, absolutely. When I saw what your business was, I was like, this is so cool and so interesting and more people need to know about it. And so before we dive into the subject, I would really love for you to tell us a little bit about you and who you are. What do you do? Share a little bit about your story. Yeah, so I am Maria Alejandra Gutierrez. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, her. Um, I am a first-generation daughter of immigrants, soy Latina. Um, I am of Ecuadorian and Mexican descent. Mi papá is Ecuatoriano and my mom is Mexicana. I am the first in my family to get an advanced degree. I am currently getting my second master's in clinical psychology. I aspire to become a psychotherapist because I also want to work with first-generation children children of immigrants and I want to help them you know navigate their mental health you know it's a deeply personal experience of mine and before I decided to get my second master's that I'm currently pursuing right now I was actually a professor at California State University of Los Angeles I was a professor for five years and that was one of my most proudest proudest accomplishments and I think it was one of the most rewarding experiences that I had wow I had no idea that's so impressive good for you good for our first gen Latina (laughs) taking up spaces I absolutely love 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 that what made you start this business I just want to get a, a glimpse of that of where this interior design and wellness blend came in because I think is phenomenal and like I was telling you before we started I'm a true minimalist I try to be and I am such an advocate for your space creates your mental health so I just would love to know where that blend came in and how you started that 
Yeah, so I think like many of my fellow entrepreneurs that I follow on my business Instagram, this idea started during the pandemic. And during the pandemic, I actually moved into my first apartment. I moved out of my parents' home and, you know, kind of similar to what you were talking about. I grew up in my parents' home, which was very crowded. There were a bunch of people. There were eight people living in my home. My parents' home had dark furniture, dark floors, like mismatched curtains. There were just a lot of things everywhere and it just seemed like very chaotic and dark and moody and then so when I first moved into my apartment with my husband it was like I was giving this opportunity to do whatever I wanted with this empty space and it was an opportunity for me to create a new home environment that felt brighter less stuffy, more organized, and more functional, because those are the things that I didn't have, you know, growing up in my parents' home. There was no functionality. There was a lot of everything. And sometimes my parents just kept stuff because one day they'll use it and things just kept piling up and piling up. And they served no purpose. And the same thing with like the dark furniture and having just so many things that just didn't feel like the space that I felt very comfortable in. And so when I moved into my first apartment, I really like honed in on this opportunity. And I just remember feeling like I want to create something on the opposite spectrum of what I grew up in. And so when I started creating this like beautiful and peaceful space for myself and for my husband like I realized how therapeutic this process was and how it became such an important tool for my healing especially as an individual who has experienced trauma in my life and so that's another important key piece into why I started this business so it's like I have this background my educational background is in child and family studies developmental psychology and I think I've talked about this before in some of my reels that I have learned so much how important a home environment is to a child's development. And it doesn't stop there. It continues on in adulthood. Whatever we lived, whatever we experienced in our childhood home follows us in our adult life. And so if we don't remember to create a new type of environment for ourselves, those patterns repeat the stress that we absorbed, we lived during our childhood, like it continues into our adult life. And so it's very important that we let go of that part of our childhood and make sure that we create something that now serves us more than ever in the type of life that we want to live. Wow, I love that. A lot of the stuff that you said resonated. So living on my parents was dark walls, mismatched curtains. Yeah. Just, and I asked my mom, why do you have such dark, recently I asked her, like the last <laughs> like couple of years, I'm like, why do you have like such dark, because every, she did the whole design of the house and everything's dark. Yeah. And she said, well, 
dark colors make me feel safe, which was mm. so weird because they do not make me feel safe. They yeah. make me feel anxious and cluttered and I'm just closed like, oh, in. Yeah. closed in. So it was funny when I got my first apartment, which was last year, she was looking at dark colors like, oh, no, 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 no. I was like, listen, I love that for you, right? I love that for you. But for me, I need space, right? So you see my walls are beige, right? My carpet's beige. My couch is like a light gray. Mm -hmm. All my pieces, the black is very specific in certain areas, but I really need my space to be expansive because growing up, everything was dark and I never understood why I felt so anxious. My room in my parents' house, it's, it's like this reddish kind of color. It's a beautiful color. I felt so cluttered in it. And even now when I go visit, I feel a little anxious in it, you know, yeah. and, and I don't think there's this bad intention around it, you know, cause of course it's her house and you respect mm-hmm. that, but those dark colors don't resonate with where I am today, yeah. which is why I love that you made that point about transitioning from living with your parents to now living with your husband and creating a space that means something to you mm-hmm. and another thing I totally associated with is having a lot of people in your house that I, I, that's like a Latinidad thing yes. you know like a hundred percent my mother is Salvadoran my dad is Colombiano and so everybody's always in and out like, uh, in yes. and out. everybody's always visiting everybody's always at the house everybody's cooking you know like because food makes us like it's like a Latino thing so I totally understood with not only having your space feel like that but also the amount of people that were always in the space. And so it kind of goes to my next question as to why it's important for us to create a space that we love. We kind of touched up on that, but I would love for you to give us your insight about the root of it. Why does it really matter? Yeah, so I love this question because I think that every person should do this for themselves. I think it's so important to create a space that we not only love, but where we feel just embraced in warmth when we walk in, it's because it ultimately benefits your well-being and your quality of life. And even though every space will look differently physically and design-wise, ultimately the space that you call your home should bring you joy rather than stress. It should help you recharge rather than make you feel even more tired or even more, you know, stressed or feel even more, like you said, anxious. And most importantly, you know, this is one of the biggest pieces for me and, you know, other individuals who come from a background of trauma is that you feel safe in that space. And if you feel anxious, you're not going to feel safe. If you feel like it's there's so many things and you can't even walk in your home or like it's just very hazardous, like you're not going to feel safe. And so ultimately in the end, you want to feel like it's the place where you know that nothing and no one can touch you or hurt you. Yes, to that, to feeling safe and that the moment that you walk in, it's just a space where you can just be and exist. Mm-hmm. And for example, I don't have that much stuff. But even when I have stuff like I'm like, oh my god! Like it, it makes it, it genuinely makes me feel cluttered. Another thing that you ch- touched up on that I would like to kind of go back and it relates to this is our 
cultures keeping things because they'll use it later on. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, you have no idea how embedded that was in me for a very long yeah. time. It comes from childhood. Yes. I didn't notice. I was like, well, you know, I, I'm just keeping stuff just in case, just to be safe. Mm-hmm. And then I lived with an ex-boyfriend of mine and I was trying to kind of get rid of a couple things, not all of it, a couple things. And I saw how triggering it was for him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, am I also a hoarder, too? You know, like unintentionally, because mm-hmm. he, I was trying to keep certain things and we were just kind of going back and forth. And then I realized his mom kept everything, yeah. everything, everything under the sun, just things that were expired just because just in case. Yeah. Right. And so it caught it almost caused him some trauma when he was trying to let go. It was insane. And when we sat down and kind of spoke about it, he was like, you know, you're right. I needed to let these things go. But because my mom held on to these things for so many years, I think it was just engraved in me Mm -hmm. to not let go because God forbid something happens and we need (laughs) yeah I think it's all the messaging that we grew up with and that we internalize especially when I remember when I wanted to throw something away it was that message of you're being wasteful and another one was you know there was a lot of guilt too I don't know if you grew up with this but if you wanted to throw something away that maybe wasn't that old let's say you bought it a year ago you know it was that guilt of my parents saying, well, you know, other children don't have this and other families would love to have this or wish to have this. And a lot of that guilt, I also internalized. So even when I moved into, you know, my first apartment and I started wanting to not have it be so crowded, I remember I would, it was this process of, I would pick up something and I'm like, I don't use this anymore. Why do I have it? And I'd have to go through this whole process of convincing myself that it's okay to let this go because I'm not going to use it. But then also maybe find better ways to dispose of it. So for example, if it was clothes that I didn't use, you know, maybe give it to someone who like goes to Tijuana and goes to donate clothes. Or for example, you know, give it to someone that, you know, will use it first to maybe ask them instead of just throwing it in the trash immediately. So I think there was also that process of, of just reminding myself that it's okay to let things go if you're not going to use it. And, you know, maybe also find better ways to dispose of them or let them go and where other people can actually use it if you're not going to be the one to use it. But I remember that. There was so much guilt and shame attached to wanting to get rid of things and having like my parents' voice being my head, like, don't be wasteful. Other people would would want this or benefit from it. So, yeah. That is so on point with how I felt growing up. The guilt and shame that was, I guess, put upon us Mm -hmm. because we were letting go. Even, let's say something that someone had brought for you like a trinket from a vacation yeah. those are like huge those were huge girl a trinket that something my aunt would bring from Colombia, and i'm like where in my space am i gonna even have this right yes. the thought was beautiful thank you the sentiment was really beautiful but really where am i gonna keep it and i would keep so much things and now looking back because you're saying this out loud it was literally out of guilt like mm-hmm. my mom, no, mija, 
you know, su tía le regaló eso, you yes. gotta, you know, you're gonna hurt her feelings. And then I realized, I'm like, mom, she's never gonna even know. She <laughs> never comes over and it's like, where's the thing I gave you? Never. The Another big thing was cards. Like, you know, when people used to give you cards and like yeah. birthday things, I had a long process with letting those things go too. Because I felt like, oh, it's a sentiment. People took the time to write it, which in reality, they were only writing happy birthday or something. They were yeah. <laughs> like, it wasn't some deep thing that they were writing. And it was still hard to let go. And when I would have spring cleanings or winter cleanings with my mom, it was like, you know, keep this. And my mom is actually pretty good with like uncluttering, but then she has this side where she just keeps like, little things little things little things like yeah like, the little trinkets I completely understand that my mom's the same way yeah like why do I have to keep them mm-hmm. you know like the sentiment's nice thank you and like you said it's like disposing of it in a way where it's also mentally healthy for you so you're not feeling all this guilt and shame mm-hmm. so for example I would give the trinkets to a friend that would actually really like it you know they'd be like oh where'd you get that Oh, my own brought it. Do you want it? Yeah. Because maybe for their space, it would mm-hmm. look better than for mine. And so that alleviated a lot of the guilt and shame that I felt with letting things go. And it's only, I've only gotten better since moving out on my own mm-hmm. because it created my own space. It created like, mom will be like, well, don't get rid of that. I'm like, mom, like, it's okay. Like, I, yeah. I don't need it in my apartment. I really don't need it in my apartment. She'll be like, no, I'll do And she'll literally take it to her house. So, she, so I don't throw it out. It's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. But I don't want to feel guilt and shame for letting go of things that are going to mentally not give me peace or clarity mm-hmm. or, you know, relaxation. Now, if you see my space, everything has a purpose. Everything has a purpose. Yeah. And if it doesn't, I'm questioning why I have it there. Yeah. You know, and there's this sense of peace that kind of washes over me knowing that now that we're speaking about it I'm like oh I've gotten better with not allowing the guilt to take over because like I said it's in our Latino culture to not want to let go Mm -hmm. and maybe you got to do I try to do every season I try to clean you know if I have a box I will probably send it to Colombia or I will donate it to someone Mm-hmm. Or I'll tell my friends, hey, so a bunch of my clothes is like up for grabs. Do you guys want it? You know, just finding different methods to clearing up the space because you deserve that mental clarity. And you yeah. deserve to let go of the guilt. For sure. <laughs> and I think that is a great practice to have. I don't necessarily have a specific season, but I do do it at least once or twice a year. And it definitely, because over the years, I don't think one realizes that you just start collecting things and they start popping up in your space. And then, you know, slowly it starts to, you know, kind of overcrowd a desk or overcrowd something. And then, you know, you want to make sure that you are intentional about the things that you place on the counter of your kitchen, on your table or things like that, because if it's starting to become a storage space, then it's something that you really have to think about because there's, you know, I, I don't like to say you should, but it's important to reevaluate. Okay, so what are the most important things that you want to keep out 
like visually where you see it that is actually going to benefit your day-to-day life and then what things can you put away that you don't have to easily access or don't actually actually you know have some sort of purpose in you know your morning routine your afternoon routine or things like that I love that I love that you said that and to kind of follow up on that I know that you said you don't do every season but you may clean twice a year let's say can you walk us through like what your process is when you are doing that is there a specific way that you do it is there specific questions that you maybe you ask and I'm just you know I don't know that that's what you do but if you can walk us through maybe your routine on what that looks like because it could be really helpful for anybody really listening on how you specifically do that yeah so when it comes like the first thing that popped in my mind because I'm really interested and love interior design is if I start to see I have a lot of decorative stuff I'm like okay what can I put away right now that I don't care to have out and usually I put it in a box and I store it And what I do do intentionally is I usually bring out things later on in the year where I rotate stuff because if it's some like if it's like a decorative piece or something that I bought that I really love and I never want to throw away but let's say there's something else that came up like I do I do a rotation so I put something else away and then like I bring out new things also because that also limits you from going to buy things at the store all the time when you have let's say three set I don't know like one of the things that I have the most are incense burners I love incense burners and so does my husband so I think I have a lot of those they look differently and I have some in every area of my house but what I tend to do is if I really love it but let's say I want to put something else you know the entryway table or on my nightstand then I just, I store it, I put it away, and then I bring something out. So yeah, that's one of the things that I do. Another thing that I do is I love to deep clean. And so anything that's on a shelf, on a table, I just put it all on the floor, and I just dust everything. I clean everything because, and I usually do one room at a time. And so what ends up happening in that process is that it makes it feel like it's a brand new room with brand new energy and it makes the space and this is me personally it makes it feel so much lighter it's like you're just cleaning away like all of the energy that has been stored in the nooks and crannies of the room and that's one of the things that I love to do is just deep clean. And I only do that once or twice a year. It, it works for me. I'm not saying that everyone should do that, but it's definitely something that I recommend that you try a deep cleaning once a year. Yeah. I love that. I am all for the first thing that you said was the rotating of the things because mm-hmm. one it also allows you to have fun in your space, right? If you're rotating things around, it doesn't always necessarily have to look the same. Yeah, You can swap certain things, but not have so many of them out. So mm-hmm. they're not overwhelming the space. Yes. And you can create different things in different corners. I am a big advocate for that too. I love moving things around and creating space for new things or designing differently. I absolutely love that you said that because yes, you can have, 
and want a lot of things, but store mm-hmm. some and then yeah. take some out so that you can have fun in what your space looks like also, you know, yeah. so it's not stale. And yeah. that goes into the energy of cleaning, right? Mm-hmm. I am so huge on that. So I love that you mentioned that. I'm huge on if you clean the space, you're clearing out energy. Mm-hmm. There's always energy. You're not 100% every day. And so Mm -hmm. you may be coming in with energy of other people, of other places, of other things that are occupying Mm -hmm. your mind. And by doing that and just taking your time to clean and dust and do all the things, you're actually spiritually cleansing yourself, Mm -hmm. believe it or not. I mean, I'm a huge believer in that, that when you're cleaning, you're also cleansing your spirit, right? Not only the space. Yeah. Um, so for me, I love that you love, love, love that you said that because it, it totally resonates with what I do and I practice and I'm actually up for a deep cleaning this month. So nice. <laughs> I'm super excited about it. It also gives you time to, and this is what happens when I do it. I don't know about you, but I feel really present when I'm deep cleaning. Yes. Like I'm here. I'm maybe listening to some music, you know, create my own mm-hmm. space and, you know, putting my music and having fun, but I'm really present because this is what I'm doing and it allows you to just really connect with yourself. If that makes sense. Yes. Like it's such a mindful exercise. Yeah. Yes. Like you just, you really forget about maybe a lot of the things that have been going on in your life. And you're just, just like you said, you're fully present in the cleaning, the clearing, the organizing, the, the moving, the everything that you do during a deep clean. And you just focus on, okay, what do I want to do? How do I want to rearrange the space? Where do I need to clean? Like, oh, let me go get this. And you're just fully present to that specific exercise that you're doing for that day. In that moment, yeah, you're really mm-hmm. connected to all the things and even the things that you don't need. You're changing constantly, you're evolving. And so this is a great way to see yourself evolve. By doing this mindful thing and then letting go and welcoming new spaces and new things and new energies. I think that's, we're touching up on a a lot of good benefits and people don't realize it. Mm -mm. People don't realize that your space creates you. It really does. It does. And I learned that. And I just remember feeling, you know, in my mom's house, which I love. You know, I love her house. It was, we've been there forever. I've been there for 25 years, you know, but just, I remember where the anxiety came from, Mm -hmm. just not feeling that safety in my room because I remember I used to always want to, Hey, can I do my room beige? I always wanted light colors, but I never (laughs) connected it. I never connected it. Yeah. And she's like, no, absolutely not. Like you can't, I'm like, she's like it's not gonna match the house because the the house is (laughs) fairly dark and I just remember always just going to sleep and waking up moody unintentionally moody because of the colors Mm -hmm. of the I didn't I didn't feel connected you know even my my bed sheets and stuff are red and if you see my bed sheets now they're like white and they're light and you know my apartment's not humongous but it gives it the space it really allows me to feel, I, I come in and I'm like, 
I just, I just feel so much peace after I clean and just my plants are very noticeable because it's that pop of green that exists amongst all the minimal things that I have. So I really love that you, you touched up on how helpful that can be in that exercise, because that's an exercise. It's a mindful exercise that you can really incorporate if you can't do anything else, just really cleaning the space. And that kind of goes into my next question, which we kind of answered, but would love for you to give us like a breakdown of what the benefits are to this and how it helps our well-being. So one of the things that you touched upon earlier when you're like, yeah, when I would wake up moody, I didn't like the dark colors. And like, I don't think a lot of people really understand that there's a psychological component to how you know the colors of your home how it's furnished how the space is laid out all of those things play a role in our mood and in our behavior and our feelings and this is one of the things that if i can't do anything else i i really want to spread that awareness is that a lot of the things that you have in your home you may not be aware of that is currently affecting the way you feel the way you behave the way you function And I'm not saying that it's going to impair your functioning. What I'm saying is that there can be so many things that you can modify and change that can actually improve right now how you are feeling, how, you know, when you walk into your space, how it allows you to be with your family, with your children, or, you know, it allows you to be productive in that work zone or work mentality. And so when you do have a very healing space and a therapeutic space and a space that feels like your own, it helps to regulate your nervous system. It helps to improve your mood. It helps to increase your motivation. It helps to, I know I already mentioned this, but increase your productivity. And then it also helps to reduce that stress that you are already feeling from maybe your job or anything that comes outside of your home environment. And you don't want to come back to your home and have all of that be also present in your home. So there are so many benefits to having a wellness space or creating that wellness space in your home that will improve your mental health. And it's nuts because I I really very much felt what you were saying when I moved into my new space. Like I felt this clarity. I felt this lightness. I felt like I get this is my masterpiece. And so I get to recreate Mm -hmm. however I want to, you know, there are, yes, there can be messes, but overall my mental health has really improved in just feeling lighter when I'm here. I'd rather be at home Mm -hmm. nowadays than go out. I'm like, I love my space. Like I just want to be here all the time. Obviously I can't, but if I could, I really would, but it's because I've dedicated the time to, handpicking these things Mm -hmm. it was really important for me to handpick things for myself because again like I mentioned when I tried to change the color of my bedroom it was a big no it was like (laughs) absolutely not like you like that doesn't make sense like you couldn't right but now that I'm have the ability all you see is touches of black a lot of neutrals green is only the all the plants that I have in my apartment and it gives me the sense of relief Mm -hmm. you know I love meditating in my space you know I love going to my bedroom and going to sleep in my cozy white linen sheet 
Like, yeah. you know, it, it just feels so cozy for me. Like even my little vinyl table, it matches the energy. And I, and I always want to go put a record. Whereas when I was at my mom's, I never used it. Yeah. Never used it because it was just kind of collecting dust in a corner because again, every, all the furniture was black. So, yeah. <laughs> so on top of like it being dark, everything was black. And so mm-hmm. I, I never felt called to really going to use it. And so now I will try to put records at least once a week, you know, and just have fun. And I feel like me creating my space has really allowed me to do that. It's helped me optimize my productivity for sure, because I am a ultimate procrastinator, which (laughs) I am. I it's awful, but I've gotten so much better this last year, just so much better. I always felt guilt because I was always procrastinating things. And ironically, when I went to these like very, I'm a very big coffee shop girl. So when I went into these cute coffee shops that had plants and minimalism and all these things, my productivity would, it would increase. Like Damn, autom- yeah. I would get things done. I would, and then I'd be home and I would be like, no, I won't do anything. Like I just want to <laughs> lay or just, you know, and it really is, of course, not knocking my mom's style and flavor that works for her it really does make her feel safe it Mm -hmm. just didn't make me feel safe yeah and so I realized the transition has really helped me optimize this well-being that you're talking about through the anxiety through the procrastination through just even breathing different air breathing air and making this my masterpiece choosing the pieces and for example if you don't live on your own, let's just say, pick a corner like, mm-hmm. at your house. So I had a corner at my mom's where minimal plants, the colors that I liked. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. everybody's minimal. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, I learned also about the importance of colors and yeah. what that can do for your well-being and for opening up your mind. For me, orange, I love orange. Love orange is my favorite color. I'm not going to do a whole room that's orange. That's that's like, that's intense, right? That's like so intense. But I would have little spurts of it. Mm -hmm. I would have, I'm an incense burner girl, I'm like you. So I would have maybe my incense, that was orange. That was like my pop, you know? And I created and I picked a designated place at my mom's when I lived with her that gave me that peace that was always where I meditated where I journaled that was even the place where I would go and sometimes just write Mm -hmm. because it was clarity that I had you know so if you don't live alone that's okay too just Mm -hmm. try to pick a space that you can create on your own I was gonna say you are bringing up such a great point because that's another important piece that I want to bring into the conversation is even though, you know, I talk a lot about building and creating and designing your home environment, it doesn't necessarily have to be an entire house or an entire apartment. It could be just like you said, a corner, or I can even go to as far as to say, like, even if you share a room, because growing up, I shared a room with my sister, and we had half of the room, each of us had one half, and I, you know, the other one had the other. And so even if it's just half a wall, or it's a shelf, something that you can claim and create and start creating that wellness corner or wellness shelf for yourself. You can just start, you know, creating 
this small space where you can go to or what where you can look at that starts to feel like your own if nothing else in the house feels that way for you and honestly it it still is very very beneficial and very impactful in a positive way because even though I share the space with my sister her side was Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. My side was, I was very into the Strokes and the Ramones and all of those bands. And like, that was my, my earbud fell up. That was my side of, of my wall. And it just, it felt like me, even though we shared the same space, my side looked completely different, but I knew it was my side. And it, it felt like, I actually belonged, you know, even if it was a tiny part of the house, you know, it, it was me and it was joyful to look at. And it was, it just made me feel like I can continue to aspire to do things that I want to do just because I had that designated space for myself. Yeah, I, I really love that you emphasize on that. Because I don't want people to think that it needs to be a whole home. Mm-hmm. I started with a corner. I literally started with a corner. And like you said, it, make, it made you feel like you belong. Mm-hmm. It made you feel safe. It made you feel like this was you, right? Mm-hmm. Because we learn all these things from our parents, but then we become individuals. Yeah. And we are not them. Yes, we take on a lot of their traumas. We take on a lot of their habits. Mm-hmm. But it's our responsibility to kind of change that for ourselves and create these beautiful spaces where we can breathe a little, where we can be ourselves, where, okay, this is my spot. This is my corner. So I love that you brought that up because it kind of leads to the last question that I have for you. And how can we begin to optimize our spaces, right? Let's say we're starting with a corner or a whole apartment or just a room. What are maybe three ways that we can begin to optimize our spaces today? If we don't know where to start. Yeah. So if you don't have your own home or actually this can actually apply if you have a home, you have an apartment or you just have a small space. First of all, remove anything and anything that is not yours from that space because you want to be able to make it yours. Right. So whether it's clutter, whether it's stuff that other people own that is currently residing in that space, whether it's whatever it is, you know, claim a space for yourself, clean it out and make it yours. So start from scratch, a blank slate. And when you remove all of that stuff and you decide this is going to be my corner, this is going to be my space, it allows you to, which goes to my second one, it, it allows you to personalize it. It allows you to make it yours. And so just an opportunity for you to be able to connect with yourself and start to ask yourself, what is it that truly makes me joyful? And what actually truly brings me peace what actually helps me in the morning be able to get up and feel energized so I know it's going to be different for everyone like for some it could be candles for some it could be incense for some it could be like I don't know like having a music box or something it could be seeing your lego sets 
you know, displayed. It could be a corner where it's all of your journals and you wake up in the morning and the first thing that you feel like really energizes you and makes you start your day in a positive note is to grab your journal and just start writing something. You know, it's going to be differently for everyone, but one of the biggest things is claim a space, make it your own and personalize it. I love that you said that. One of the things that stood out to me was when you personalize, you're getting to know yourself, mm-hmm. right? Because this is either a new chapter for you or a continuing chapter, but you get to know what you like. For example, I realized moving out, I love, I mean, I know I like candles, but I'm obsessed. <laughs> I love candles. I love, for example, buying flowers for myself once a week. That's another detail that I need a pop. So I love minimalism, but I always need my pop of colors. So the flowers that I have are yellow, orange, purple. It gives it the life that I'm looking for. And so I wouldn't have known that unless I was really personalizing my space. And you get in touch with yourself about things that you, you like, right? I know I don't like dark colors. Mm -hmm. I know doesn't resonate with me I would never color my walls gray and Mm -hmm. that's funny when I moved into this apartment the color of the walls were gray and I was like you're like no (laughs) I was like absolutely not like because it makes a place feel darker and dimmer and I was also moved in in the winter time so no it was just it was too much but I got to know myself and then Mm -hmm. even going to look for colors to paint the apartment that's a whole other mission, but I got to know what colors I liked. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe this one or maybe a darker brown. Yeah. I was like, nah, I want something lighter. Personalizing really allows to, for you to get to know yourself. So I love that you made that point. Yeah, and I think that's one of the most important parts of the process of creating that space is even if, let's say, you don't know. Let's say it's the first time you're going to do this and you grew up being influenced by your parents or other people and you only know what you grew up with which was the dark furniture and stuff but if you at least know that you didn't really like it you wish you did it differently you wish your room was different but you weren't able to change it when you were younger i think it's such a great experience to finally start to ask yourself okay but what do i want and what can i bring into this space Even if you don't know the answer to that, it's such a powerful experience to just start to try and create something from nothing. And let's say you don't know what to put. Let's say it's just just a shelf. Just start adding stuff and see how you feel about it. And if you don't like it, take it off and then start again until you find what brings you joy and what helps improve your mental health and your quality of life. I love that. That's such a good point to, if you don't know where to start, you have no idea. The fact that you know you don't like mm-hmm. is, is the, it's already the starting point. Yeah. I had no idea where to start, but I realized all the things I didn't like. Mm-hmm. And so I started to experiment and all my friends will send me places, designs and things that are very minimal because now that's what I love. But I didn't know that. I didn't know that growing up because everything was dark. Everything was certain like somber colors. So I think to your point, just knowing that you don't know what you don't, that you don't know, Mm -hmm. it's actually a great tool. Yeah. And again, 
it's not just interior design. It's really getting to know you. Getting to know your loves, your dislikes. Mm -hmm. Because we don't have to like it all. Mm -mm. It's our masterpiece and we get to rewrite it and rewire it however we want any day of the week. Yeah. So this is just part of the experience, I feel like. just That's why I was so excited to have you on. Because it's more than just interior design. It's really about your mental health. Mm -hmm. It's really about amplifying your spaces so that it feels like you. Even if it's a small space, you know, if you have a bigger space, great. That's amazing. But if you don't, you can start with one safe space, one single thing that will create that safety for you. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much for bringing that up. And before we go on to our last three questions that I always ask my guests at the end of the episode, do you have any last words that you would love to say to the audience regarding this topic? Yeah, I think... This last point that you brought up, you know, really made me think of like how your home, you know, that space that you make for yourself, it's an extension of you. So it's just really important to remember that it's about what, you know, supports you in your day to day life. It's about what will help improve and increase and help you get to the place where you want to be in life how is it going to help you grow how is it going to help you attain your goals achieve your dreams even though many people may not see like as a home as a big part of your life it actually is because you come to your home or your space whatever it is you know at the end of almost every night you know unless you're on vacation but you come to that space you're there really often even if you don't work from home, you work at an office or whatever, you still come back to it. And it's very important that it is much more of, you know, a support system than something that just weighs you down. Yeah. I love that you said that. Thank you so much. Really, from the bottom of my heart, I truly appreciate you being here because the subject is so close to my heart and just really having a voice that amplifies that and someone that actually is really working in the space is so refreshing to hear you just your business associated with mental health and your well-being and it's just so intentional so thank you so much for getting on here and just schooling us and giving us all the goods (laughs) and just even from how we can get started you know, just the small things on how we can get started. So I appreciate you being here. And before we close out, I always ask my guests three questions just to kind of end the episode. So one of the questions is, what's one word that describes the season you're in right now? Mm, I think right now I feel I two words are popping up. So the first you can one use is, two words. <laughs> yeah, I honestly feel like I'm freaking blossoming. Oh, I love that. Yes. And the other one, it, it was kind of close. I feel like I'm blossoming and I also feel like I'm thriving. Yeah. But I, I think blossoming. Blossoming is, what, is such a beautiful word. Yes. I haven't heard somebody say blossoming in so long. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely I, love I that. I would say blossoming. Blossoming it is. I love that. The second question is, what's one piece of advice that you'd want to leave behind if you had to leave the earth tonight? That is actually a really great question 
to freaking just be yourself. Mm, yeah. I like that. We don't we don't encourage that enough in no. today's society. It's mm-hmm. always just so I love that you said that. It's such a reminder to just really be yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last one is, and this one you could take your time because some people are like, ah, like I don't know what to <laughs> say. But I, I get this all the time. But what's the worst advice you've ever received? Oh, to like I've received a lot of bad advice. <laughs> oh, um, me too. <laughs> so I think one that sticks out is to push through. I really hate that because. Sometimes it's okay not to push through and it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to say, you know what, I'm drowning and I need a minute. I love that. I thank you for saying that out loud. I really appreciate you for saying that out loud because, and especially I feel like in our communities, our parents and our cultures, Mm -hmm. we work, we're almost designed to work hard, 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 but it's okay to step back. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to not need to work hard all the time. Yes. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for saying that out loud. And so this is the ending of our episode. I again want to say thank you for being here, using your voice and really teaching our community why it's important to create a space that really brings joy, peace, serenity. I love using that word. Thank you. I really appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a great conversation. Yeah, I I think it was. Uh, We might have to do a repeat of this, but on a deeper level. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much again. And to everybody listening, thank you for tuning in. And till next time.